Well, throughout our This Is Us series we've been doing this fall, we've been talking about who we are in relationship to God and to each other. And of course, that's a two-way street. It's not just that we are loved, but that we are called to love. And so the Christian faith makes a pretty bold proposal and says this, that a person cannot find himself or herself except through a sincere gift of the self. Let me say that again. A person cannot find himself or herself except through a sincere gift of the self. And why is this? Because this is who God is. God is the sincere gift of himself to us. All we have to do is look at the cross. This is our God giving himself to us. And we are made to be like him, to reflect him. So we become who we really are. We find ourselves when we become a sincere gift of self, just like he is. So in this gospel reading that I just read for you, you've got a guy who has everything, right? We're told he's very wealthy. In Matthew's gospel, we're also told that he was young, which means it probably wasn't money that he earned. It's probably the money that was the family money. So he's safe and he's secure and he's got his whole life in front of him. We're told in Luke's gospel that he's also a ruler. So he's got privilege and position in his society. And yet how many today, how many young, privileged, and wealthy people are there, young people, who like this guy aren't happy? I mean, in our own culture, you would think they would be so, they're not happy. It's not enough. They're searching They want to find out who they really are. They know there's something missing in their life. I love the details of this story as Mark tells us because we find out that this guy is actually very sincere. He's he's eager. He runs up to Jesus, it says. He kneels down before him and he says these words, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's searching for something. It's a great question. Now, it's slightly flawed, but it's a great question. But Jesus doesn't correct him or scold him. He just draws him in deeper and asks him a question. Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. What Jesus is doing is he's pointing to what we call the first table of the law. The first three of the Ten Commandments that deal in our relationship with God. We can summarize those first three commandments like this. Love God. And then Jesus hints rhetorically at who he is. Why do you call me good? If only God is good. Hmm. And then he says to him, you know the commandments. And and he goes on to, to rattle off a bunch of commandments that are all from the second table of the law. The, the rest of the Ten Commandments that all deal in our relationship with each other. You could summarize those commandments with love others. Love God, first table. Love others, second table. The two great commandments. And he responds, teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. He's not lying. He he doesn't have an ego issue. He's not self-inflated. This is a good guy. He has followed the rules. He hasn't committed adultery. He hasn't stolen anything. He hasn't murdered anybody. And yet he knows there's still something missing. And so Jesus sort of lowers the boom on him. You're lacking in one thing. 
Go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. And now we realize that we're not talking about just following the rules. Jesus isn't suggesting to him that like, you know, life is a checklist of good behavior. Oh, you haven't committed adultery. You haven't murdered. You haven't stolen. Awesome. Good job, buddy. You know what? There's just one more thing you need to do. Sell what you got. Give it to the poor and check. You're awesome. You're good. Nice job. No. No, if it was just following one more rule, then maybe he could have done it. But that wasn't it. This is the guy who had everything, but he had nothing. And what Jesus tells him is you've got to have nothing in order to have everything. That all the stuff that is filling up your heart, you need to take your heart and dump it out so that it can be filled with what you are really looking for, what you are searching for. You need to find yourself and you've got to empty yourself for that to happen. See, God's commandments, unlike what a lot of people think about being a Christian, a lot of people think it's just following a bunch of rules and just being a good person. Eh, wrong. It is not just a checklist. God's commandments reveal to us where our true allegiances are, what our priorities are in life, and what we truly love. God's commandments are the way of love. Love God. Love others. Paul would talk about this in Romans 13. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, any other commandment. Notice the same thing Jesus said. All of these are summed up in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. What was missing? (laughs) Love was missing. Why is it that this guy didn't love? If he had really loved, he would have taken everything he had and he would have given it to the poor. Notice in the painting, the poor people behind him. It's what Jesus is telling him. Give it to the poor. Then you really will love. Then you will fulfill the second table of the law. And if you leave it behind and you follow me, says Jesus, the good teacher, then you're following God who is alone good. Now you fulfilled the first table of the law. This is what he's trying to get him to see. And you know what is so sad about this story? I mean, it it is a tragedy. What is so sad about this story is this guy knew it. He walked away sad. It said his face was downcast. He walked away sad, not because he didn't believe Jesus, like, "Mm, no, I don't think that's it. No, I'm still looking for something else. No, he walked away sad because he did believe Jesus. He knew Jesus was right but he couldn't bring himself to do it. He couldn't bring himself to let go of his family and his wealth and his privilege and to follow Jesus, who we are told was on his way out of town that day. And as we read on in Mark, we find out where he's headed. He's on the way to Jerusalem. He's on the way to the cross to give the sincere gift of himself. This guy, he was so close. He was so close to finding everything he was looking for. But in his mind, it would cost him too much. He'd have to sacrifice what he thought he really loved in order to find true love. 
He would have to, as Jesus says in other places, take up his own cross and follow Jesus and be crucified with Jesus, not nailed to a wooden cross. To be crucified with Jesus means that we have to kill the false gods that are in our hearts and dump them out so that the true God can come and he can fill that place in our hearts. I got a little video I want to show you. It's, I think it's pretty funny. Um, and I apologize, the quality of, is not very good of this old documentary. But this video is how to trap a baboon. If he had the sense to drop the seeds, he could set his hand free. (laughs) I find it hilarious. Except that's what we do. What's in the hole, friends? What's in the hole for you that you reach in and you grab it and you won't let go? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be wealth or money. It could be anything. It could be anyone. It could be any behavior, any, any habit you've got in your life, and you won't let go. You, now, I'm going to stick with this, Jesus, and I'm not going to go with you. And as we have a hold of whatever it is in our life and we won't let go, it actually has a hold on us. And it's keeping us from following Jesus. Now, on the other hand, There is a reason why Jesus and the Scriptures, as you heard in the other readings, speak so much about the the hold that wealth has on our hearts and money has on us. You can either love your money and then use God and use people, or you can use your money to love God and to love other people. And your money and our money, my money, it's just ultimately a proxy, right? We value our money because it gets us what we value, what we want in life, what we think is going to make us happy. Here's the thing. We believe that whatever is in the hole, is that, that's what's going to make me happy. And that's why I won't let go. And we don't believe that Jesus and following him and, and the treasure in heaven that he talks about, we don't believe that will really make us happy. Jesus says something rather scary. How hard it is for those who who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. 
Friends, we live in the wealthiest nation that has ever existed on the face of the earth. And just take a look around. We're a rather wealthy congregation. Some of us may say, well, I don't really have any money. Compared to the rest of the world and the history of the world, yes, you do. We all do. And so these words of Jesus are pretty scary because it is. It's really, really hard for us to let go. But I want to take you back to that good but slightly flawed question at the very beginning. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The thing is, it's hard for us to do. It's really impossible. But did you hear what Jesus said? For human beings, it's impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Jesus is not trying to beat us up this morning. He knows this is hard for us. And he knows that we're sincere and we're earnest like that guy was, that we've got good intentions. We want to love God above all things. We want to love others, but we love whatever is in that hole and we just cannot seem to let go of it. And he knows it. And that's why the key to this whole story is a little detail I've left out so far. That when Jesus was talking to that young man, he said, looking at him, it says that he loved him. He loved him. He wasn't beating him up. He wasn't scolding him. He knew the guy was sincere. He loved him. And that's when he said, you're lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and then come follow in me. If Jesus doesn't look at him in love, then this is an impossible demand that he's making on his life. But Jesus is looking on him with love. He is inviting him. And now, now it is. It's an invitation to come and follow because all things are possible with God. Let me just zoom in on that painting for a moment. I love this painting. Look at the face of Jesus. He's not, I love how the artist captured this. He's not scolding him. He's not frowning at him or scowling at him. He's inviting him. He's looking on him gently with his face. And, but the other guy can't even look back at him. He can't even look back at Jesus. He can't receive that look of love because he can't let go. Jesus looked at this privileged wealthy, self-reliant young man who at the same time was so sincere and so earnest and he loved him and said, come with me. I'm going to show you what's missing. I'm going to show you. You're trying to find yourself. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to show you the way of love, but you got to come with me. And he walked away. Friends, don't walk away. Jesus is looking on you with that same look of love. Don't walk away. He speaks to you tenderly today. Let go, whatever it is. Let go. Follow me. Come find your true self. Become that sincere gift of yourself to others. Find the way of love, but you gotta come with me, says Jesus. When we gather for worship next week, those of us who are members here at Trinity, we're going to be presenting our financial commitments to the Lord. And I know that you love the Lord deeply, and I know you love this ministry called Trinity. I also know that there's a lot of things that we love to spend our money on. I do too. If we're going to make a real sacrifice and a real commitment, though, we're going to have to let go 
of some of those things. Not just throw God some chump change, you know, leftovers. We're going to have to make real sacrifices, real commitments, then we're going to have to let go. And it's really hard. It's really, really hard. What I would ask you to do, and I ask this with reverence, is to enter into that struggle. Go into that struggle. Don't ignore it. Go into that struggle, but don't go there alone. Go into that struggle with Jesus. Let him look on you with love, and then listen to him. What is he asking you to do? Nothing is impossible with him. What's he asking you to do? I'm going to give you just a moment right now, if you would, to pray about this. I'd like you to pray about, those of you who are members, again, pray about what the Lord's asking you to give next year. But I would like all of us actually to go deeper than that. It's beyond that. I want you to think about whatever that thing is that's in the hole that you have so much trouble letting go of. And ask Jesus to look on you with love and ask him to help you let go so you can follow him with everything that you are.